There was probably a song that reminded me of it, or I'd done an Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. Writing is definitely an isolating thing. From an yeah. outside perspective, that's weird as fuck. It makes fun. us look really um, mental. But that is because of what it kind of said about art. I did. I, that had fun in bits. There were fun bits. We went, and, we went and bought a value pack of straps. Oh my god, going. we did. There was a big lesson here to learn about storytelling. Hey guys, welcome back to the Arthritis Podcast, official podcast of digital and creative media works for each week. We take something from pop culture and try to break it down to better understand it. My name is David. Hi, my name's Ben. Yeah, I'm. I'm being. I. I try. I pronounced that clearly this time. I'm going in hot. Um, it's time. To... I mean, you. You didn't. You fucked up one of the words. Did I? You put in like a weird extra sound in there. I've done that. I've been doing that. Go a back lot and lately. re-listen to it. You okay. said like. Ooh. You said like when you when you went to say like breakdown. You said like, che breakdown. Maybe I'll like overdub it so no one knows I did it wrong. And I'm um, just the weird one? Yeah, and then you sound insane. Yeah, that sounds about right. Breakdown. There you go. Just cut that over the top. It's good. Uh, no, so this week, uh, we're in the middle of world building month. We've got, like, I think one week. Oh, no, this is the last week of world building. Is um, it? Yeah, because we've only done three because we, we were away the first oh, yeah, week because we, we were dying. off on the first week. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and so instead, what we're doing this week is we're going to talk about something that isn't necessarily, like, you know, it's not super current, but it's something that I keep thinking about. And I decided to replay it because this week we're talking about the world building of Bioshock Infinite. Oh boy, it's this game. Yeah, now the I did a bit of research this morning about the way that people critiqued this game when it came out. Right. And pretty much all of the feedback was the same where they were like the world building's really cool, like the characters are really interesting, the concepts are really good, just the gunplay isn't great. I really yeah. like the gunplay. <laughs> uh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> but I guess we're not going to get into the gunplay. So we're gonna get we'll into touch on it with some game. of the world building a bit later. Right. But there was a sense that, like, in the other Bioshock games, it's they're quite slow. Like, the the pacing of the game is very different to the other Bioshocks. Where in the first one, uh, it's very, like, kind of plotting and deliberate. And, like, you move slowly and you do things slowly. And you have yeah. to change hands to use your, um, your, your abilities. And it's very much like this kind of claustrophobic, slow-paced creeping kind of thing and it's if, more if, of a horror game yeah Bioshock and one. it kind of trans it kind of transitions halfway through into being an action game when you get like strong enough and good enough weapons and then it becomes an action game but yeah like the first a good portion of the first bit uh especially the first half is kind mm. of a horror whereas i feel like with bioshock 2 they lent into the action because that's pretty much just an action game but it's still very like it has multiplayer for fuck's sake yeah it's like online competitive multiplayer. it's very corridor shootery kind of yeah. vibe it's um, like fear with yeah abilities Whereas Bioshock Infinite plays like Rage, which I don't know if you've ever played, but that's basically rage, yeah. id at like when they were trying to work Peak out what, what they wanted to do. Yeah. Um, it pl- plays almost exactly the same from like the types of guns that you get to the way that you you fight enemies. But plus, you got the addition of the vigors, which are like your kind of your abilities, the um, the sort of quote unquote like powers that you have. Yeah. Uh, and then also these sky hooks that you use to traverse the world. But what I kind of liked about you know I, I went back into replaying it, kind of hesitant, kind of because I was cold on it in hindsight like i like the ideas in the game i just thought the execution was like a bit shit <laughs> just um because like it's a, Ken Le- a little bit it's shit. a ken levine joint so you know that he's put all his heart and soul into it yeah but like yeah the whole thing was just a bit a bit average for me yeah i found bioshock infinite when i played it through like i really i weirdly enjoyed the gunplay but that's just because since they gave me the carbine i was like oh absolutely oh when they gave me a sniper and, and a hand cannon I was yeah like, so yeah. like the carbine for me is like i just really enjoyed that weapon so like i played the whole game with that gun oh, yeah so, I've, I've been playing the whole thing with the, sh- the sniper rifle. Yeah, yeah so like you know the whole like a lot of the problems that come from the gunplay 
kind of fine if you just have one gun that you really enjoy and you use, you exclusively use it. Kind of okay. Because everything else just kind of goes away. All of the bad gunplay just disappears when you use one good gun. Yes. Um, And, like, the combat is repetitive and meaningless and doesn't add anything to the story and doesn't no. make sense in terms of the story and it's cognitive dissonance. Yeah, it's... The, like gone wrong but. they try yeah they, they try their best to so there are there are some concepts in this game that i find extremely interesting as far as like world building and characters especially booker dewitt so book is the character that you play and in the other bioshock games in the first one you play as like the nameless jack you play as a dude who you find out later is like he's been like you're like a plant who's been like programmed to come back and like destroy yeah. but like for all intents and purposes you're just a dude you're just a guy yeah yeah just a guy and then in the second one like you're a big daddy who's like or you're a person who gets made into a big daddy so you don't really have a personality you just do stuff you're just a guy yeah you're just another guy <laughs> whereas with this one you're this character with and, and we'll talk about this when in a minute when we get to like elizabeth and the kind of relationship that they develop there but you're a character who has a backstory that exists in this world already and you've been around forever so characters like when they meet you they know you and they know what you've done and they know who you were and one of the th there's two ways the game tries to execute on telling you this backstory one of them is conversations with elizabeth which often work incredibly well so you'll like be walking through just like an area and if you if you kind of because what i do when i play this game or when i've been replaying it is enjoying the slower section so like stopping yeah. to look at all like the scenery and try and work out what happened and when you do that she'll kind of have like these bits of dialogue where she'll start talking to you and you have like interactions that are so well written <laughs> like she'll be like oh you know as, as you get through the game she gets less and less curious and more and more like judgy of what's happening yeah and it's a really slow subtle change but there was a point um this morning when i was playing where it's just after you go through the rift and it's like you're in the fucking war-torn columbia and she like stops to you're in this room and they have these red, um, the Vox Populi, who are like the revolutionaries, use like red um, banners yeah. that they drape over everything. And it looks like blood, but it's a ribbon. It's such a cool, and then some of it like becomes blood where someone's been killed. It's a really right, cool visual yeah. aesthetic. Um, but there was there's a room which you go into and it's just these two people horribly murdered in the room. And like the red ribbons like strewn around it, like kind of mingles with their blood and goes up the walls and stuff. And you can't really tell where the ribbon starts and the blood ends. And I kind of was staring at it being like, what the fuck? And Elizabeth goes, oh my God, what happened here? And Booker just goes, that's not the worst I've seen. And I went, okay. <laughs> and it's more stuff like that where you get hints at like the kind of stuff that he's done. Uh, that works really well when you're talking to Elizabeth. The bit where the game falls down is when it tries to do Bioshock stuff. So like in the first game, Bioshock stuff is a level and there's a boss at the end and they taunt you the whole time and right, yeah. they have a power and when you kill them you get that power that's like how bosses worked in bioshock the first yeah. game so like there was one who was like the photographer dude who was like a he wore like the rabbit masks and shit and he had like the ice powers or something or rather like there was kind of set things that you would interact with in that story that i didn't like play enough bosses. bioshock one no one I got too scared. It. Everyone, everyone thinks it's really good. I got and scared in the first ten minutes. Stop playing. Oh my god, it's pretty spoopy. <laughs> it is super. Uh, spoopy. I played the remastered one, and that's even spoopier. Uh, yeah. And yeah. They, after they patched it, because it's full of some graphical errors. Yeah. But like, do you have a strong opinion on this idea of like? Because a lot of people don't think that games should have bosses, especially shooters. Is how do you feel about that stuff in broad strokes? And then we'll nail down into like in like how this game does it. Broad strokes, like bosses make sense. Like it's you know it's a. Uh, it's a figurehead it's like a it's a goal mm -hmm. it's like an achievable thing that you achieve and then you do it and you've achieved it and you get an achievement mm -hmm. but it's they they're really hard to do for one 
They're hard like, to do well, especially. They're hard to do well. Like, you can do, you can do a boss. You just chuck it and do it with a lot of HP. It's like, yeah, whatever. But, mm-hmm. like, doing a good boss is usually quite difficult. And it's a, it's a weird, difficult kind of balance where, like, a good boss is usually the kind of thing where a good player should be able to beat a good boss without any failures. Yes. Because a bad boss is one that's like you like where it sort of you can't avoid failure in a sense. Yes. So and this would be like excluding from software games because that's a whole other. Kind well, of creature you in could some you ways. could beat you can beat from software bosses without taking any damage. It yes. is possible. Yeah, yeah it's just very true. difficult. It's just hard. No, you're right. Yeah, um, you mean like bosses where they have a like you have to learn like yeah a specific yeah. sequence like usually like, like Ninja Gaiden bosses. bosses are just pattern uh, puzzles. Yeah. And they have patterns. Which is kind of annoying. Like, that, I, I totally agree. Like, I think when a boss forces you to learn that pattern, you're not really having fun and, like, intuiting the well, game world if it's too gamey. Do you know what I mean? There's, like, there's bosses that just have patterns. So, that's, like, Mario bosses. So, like, in all, all the bosses in Mario Odyssey, they all have the pattern. But they're pretty you know? simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, they're pretty easy. But right. stuff like Dark Souls, where it's they don't have a pattern per se. They just have certain moves and you have to know how to dodge each yeah. move they use the world the world's rules in different ways than yeah. other creatures which i think there's, yeah there's usually and then sort of the more abstract you get the more sort of like different kind you sort of on that spectrum of like pure just like rote pu- puzzle memorization and then versus, just bonkers shit yeah versus sort of like intuiting yeah. where they're like, like fight a giant dragon and it's like in stages or like there's different yeah. things they do with that and that, that's kind of something that i've always been interested in with video games especially because i i am so invested in the cell series but one thing that infinite does really weirdly so in the fir- in the first i remember the bosses in infinite yeah i'll touch on that in a second <laughs> so in the first bioshock you because i know bioshock one has very discreet they're quote, like unquote, at the end bosses. of every level yeah yeah and you fight like the dude who's been taunting you the whole yeah, time. Yeah, like in the, the yeah. room you're in. Infinite's yeah. really different. So Infinite has these characters... And I think it's because of the world that it puts it in. So Columbia is this place where, like, everyone is kind of a bad guy, but no one's really a villain. So, like, they're in this, like, floating city, and it's really cool, and, like, Comstock is in charge, and he's kind of maybe a lunatic, but the more of the game you play, you see that, like, the, the revolutionary force uh, led by Daisy Fitzroy is no better than... Like, Comstock's forces. Yeah, they're like, kind of the worst. They, they're they the worst, but so, like, at least Comstock, no one was getting murdered in the streets. And so, so there's, like, this kind of interesting commentary the game has on that. But one of the outcomes of building that world that they put together is everyone lives in these kind of, these floating cities created by the Lutesses who discover these quantum particles, which are also the same thing that Elizabeth uses to open the tears and let you get to other realities. <clears throat> But a consequence of building a world like that is when you put characters in it who you want to make villains, it never quite works because everyone has a reason to do what they're doing. So, like, everyone has really strong pathos. Like, for instance, there's a captain that... It's like an army captain who Booker fought with in a previous... Like, in World War One because it's set in, like, 1914, I think. Um, or yeah. it might be... No, they might have fought in the Balkans together. I can't remember. Um, but they've, they fought together like the- previously in a war on the ground. Right. Right. And so he's a character who knows who Booker is. And he he's kind of lost his mind because, you know, uh, Comstock has ripped him of all of his, like, uh, his achievements. And he's lying and saying that Comstock did it all. And he's like, this fucking guy, man. Like, he's, he's taking everything that we did and he's making it all about him. He was never there. Fuck that guy. 
you've got to let my men die a soldier's death. And then he sends all of his men to try and kill you. And you're like, I don't want to do this. And he's like, doesn't matter. They're going to kill you if you don't. So you end up murdering all of his men. And then at the end, he just like gives up. And he's like, okay, well, and he, I, he even, he, yeah, he, he asks you to kill him. And if you don't, he gets captured by Comstock's forces. And then later on in the game, you find him as like a vegetable in a prison cell. But the game doesn't right. tell you that's what's going to happen. It just goes, you can spare him or not. Yeah. And that, that kind of storytelling is what the game does really well. But it doesn't really work a lot of the time because everyone's not a villain. Yeah. It's like, strange. Like, I, there's no real bosses because of that. Like, it's always a... You always get to the end boss and it's like, okay, I can't do anything here. Like, when Daisy Fitzroy gets killed, you literally, like, watch her murder Finkton and, or whoever. I think it's Finkton or something like that. And then you boost Elizabeth up and she kills Fitzroy. Because... Elizabeth's really the protagonist of the story. You're kind of just the meat grinder machine. Yeah. Which I started to hate when I was playing it. And then I went, oh, actually, that's really clever. Because normally in Bioshock, you get kind of bored of like the like the person you're playing. is just murder boy. Mm. (laughs) Right. Whereas I feel like with this, you have the surrogate of Elizabeth. It's the same reason like The Last of Us works. Right. Is you have someone that you care about and you're watching her slowly get her like innocence ripped away as you murder hordes of enemies and it's like yay now i'm sad again Mm. but yeah there's no real bosses because of that because really the person who's learning and achieving something from them is elizabeth not you right you're just the guy who turns up with the gun and takes out all the the minions yeah well this game the infinite has yeah it doesn't have like those discrete bosses it has like set pieces still i'm like there's several set pieces vaguely and then there's like bits where you go into like airships and you kill it's like quote unquote mini bosses that are like substitutes for the big daddy. So there's the handyman who are like the big kind of hulking machinations with the big chests and the yeah. Um, and they made the some of the stuff is pretty fucked up though. So those are like made by Finkton, and he gets people who have cancer, and then puts them in these things to save their lives, and they become like his slaves, but they still have their sentience. So while they're fighting you, they're like, "No, stop! I don't want to do this. Oh yeah, just yeah. kill me." And you're like, yeah. "Oh god!" Like a lo- there's a lot of that. Just in this kill game. me. Yeah, they're like, "Kill me! I don't want to do this." And they're like yeah. always coughing and wheezing. It's mm. pretty horrific. Like I, it's compared to the other Bioshocks, which are like, you know, th- this kind of undersea utopia that falls apart. This one's just dark from like the jump. <laughs> Even like the the first time you get walk into Columbia, you're like, "Oh my god, it's really nice." Where are all the black people? <laughs> and it kind of just keeps Where building all the Irish things. people. Which is, yeah. I, I think the this game does get a lot of criticisms because of that that aspect, I guess. The the sort of message that it tries to sort of create. And it, it does tie in a bit to the Vox Populi because they're the they're basically the IRA. Um Yeah, the standards, yeah. Yeah. And to the point where they even like they use the red and like she kill someone and then paints her face with their blood like it's pretty fucking dark yeah yeah, yeah yeah um but yeah like i i know that a lot that the the vox populi their presentation gets a lot of flack um for just sort of being so there is you know they have the idea of just like oh you know the rebels are just as bad and it's <laughs> they they're doing this such a way where you know you have <clears throat> comstock's forces who are just the bad guys mm-hmm. and like you know they're they're bad because they shoot you, um, and that's why they're Pretty bad. Much, yeah. Whereas the the rebels, it's like they had to because you know people have this understanding. Where it's like, well, they're not shooting me, so they're good. You know, they don't shoot me when I see them. Yeah. So therefore, they're good people. And you also like what you go on a mission for days. A year. Yeah. yeah. And so because they had to go like, well, we have to make them like we we want to present still present these people as being bad. 
It's like, how do we do that? It's like, she'll she'll kill someone and then cover herself with their blood. Well, no, then, You're like, whoa! Well, <laughs> like, hang on. Well, they triple down on that because she does that. And then the next minute, she knows that you're coming for her because she thinks that you're a ghost because you're from a different reality. Yeah. So she grabs a kid and then puts a gun to his head. And she's like, don't come any closer or I'll fucking kill him. Yeah. And it's like... What the actual fucking ever-loving shit is happening? But, but then the game still kind of goes like, oh, you know, they're the rebels, well, the, they just misunderstood. The implication <laughs> it's is... It's like, like, really? Are you I, sure? <laughs> I think the way that... What's curious to me is the way people read this versus, like, other stuff that's similar, where kind of the message of all of this stuff is, like, everyone's kind of bad and everyone's kind of good. Like, even when you get to the end of the game and you discover that, like, Comstock is Booker from a different reality yeah. and all that stuff, like... And then Elizabeth's his daughter, but, like, it's kind of fucked up and weird. Kind of one of the interesting things about that trajectory of going from everyone is, you know, Comstock is, like, this racist dude and these Vox Populi are, like, good to the point where you're, like, you're murdering the Vox Populi and she's covered in blood and about to kill a kid. Mm. Like, the reason that happens is that Elizabeth starts fucking with the Tez. And what you find out later on is that Comstock had locked her in the tower because the Lutesses were, like... This fucking girl will rip reality apart with these tears if we don't keep it under control. Yeah. The whole tower is built to contain her ability to like create new tears and walk into them, right? So what you end up with is this weird thing where the reason, like, because initially you think Comstock is evil because he locks a girl in a fucking tower and you, you're sent to go get her, and he's the yeah, he's, he's the, like the he's the the prophet, pers- fake prophet guy. Yeah, and so then it's- it's, but then he gets a valid pathos as well, where you're like, oh well, he lost his daughter in childbirth because another of him took it from him. And it's this really complicated web of like every Booker ever took someone else's Elizabeth at birth because they lost theirs in childbirth. Yeah, it's so like the a cycle goes on of- forever. Yeah. And that, I was like, when, like, oh, of course, we'll talk about the ending in a minute, because there's some buckwild shit. And there are some really good explainer videos that go through it all, which I highly recommend. If you just YouTube, Bioshock Infinite ending explained, there are some really good detailed ones. But yeah. one thing that's interesting about that as like a world concept is you play a character who is constantly saying, I don't want to do this. I don't want to kill these people. And everyone else is saying, this fucking prophet guy is lying. He's never seen war. He's never seen combat. And you're literally him with a gun, walking through, murdering this guy, this guy's men. Like, there's this dramatic irony that the game presents <clears throat> with its world building that is so hard to pull off. Like, it's the equivalent of, like, a good time travel story. Like, when you see it, you go, oh, they actually nailed that somehow. Like, like it kind of like, has that... Like, the time traveler's wife. Like, the time traveler's wife, which is actually book. good instead I've... of the time machine, which is very sexist and racist and weird. Time traveler's wife was, like, one of the, it's like one of the few books I've read. <laughs> if you don't cry in that book, you're a fucking monster. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I cried. Yeah. Have you seen <laughs> the movie with Eric Banner? No, I refuse. It's not great. <laughs> yeah. He's I've, good I've, in it, but... I know it's not good. Mm. Yeah, I refuse to see it. But, like, it's really hard to do those things justice. And Infinite is a good example of, like... Because a lot of the time when you write a narrative and you try to build a world, you'll try and have, like, the, the dictator be, the like, the foil of the hero. So, like, Voldemort is Harry's foil because Voldemort is, like, all the things that Harry isn't. But they have enough in common that, like, they... Yeah, and, you know, Harry's like, well, what if I'm just him? Because yeah. he, he has that worry a lot. And it's because, you know, they have that, that relationship as hero and villain. They're very, yeah, they're yeah. very similar. And that's, that's, a, that's a kind of interesting thing to play with. And, and J.K. plays around with that nicely. And I think this is a really, like... It's like Ken Levine went... I bet I could just do that without any of the like any of the 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 legwork of trying to invent these characters meeting at the same point. What if they just went through the same journey and they're at different points? What if it? they're just the same person? Yeah, and <laughs> and then like, he went, oh, a, it's a lot easier to make okay. a 
a, yeah. a hero and the villain very similar if they're, they're the, the same, same person. guy <laughs> and then at the you know at the end when it's like booker has to accept that he has to die for it's it, there's a lot of stuff going on in that ending that you should just watch and explain it for but as a world concept that's so fucking cool to be like yeah well we built this whole game i and i wonder what came first the idea of like columbia which might have been the case or this insane like time travel dimension narrative because they, what they're allowed to do is skip through... I feel like Columbia probably came first. I hope so. less buckwild. Yeah, it's just fucking nuts. Yeah. Like, it really is. And, I, yeah, it's... I don't know how to process, like, what they've done with it from, uh, like, how to separate the game aspects from, like, the narrative aspects because they kind of... They interweave them so much with Elizabeth that I wonder if this... Every time I play it, I'm like, this would be a really good movie to just watch someone else do. Right, yeah. Because the gameplay, like, I don't love the shooting. I know, like, a lot of people do, and you're a fan. But it's not for me. Like, it's good, but it's not for me, right? Yeah. But it plays, like, such a movie, the way the story is put together, and, like, the intricacies and the delicacies of the world. <laughs> like, that that was both trying to say the intricacies and the delicate nature they put the world to. Like, the, the attention to detail. Um, mm, I like a chicken. No, but, like, the, the attention to detail on everything. Like, the, there is stuff in this game that they didn't need to do. Like, mm. you can just go into rooms that, like, don't have any loot in them and just see how people used to live. And, like, they didn't need to do that, but they put so much work into the, it. And, like, the barbershop quartet that fly around uh, on the ship. There's a few really cool and, like, moments cover, like that. like, cover, like, modern mm. pop songs because... Yeah, all the gramophones not? are... All yeah. the gramophones are, are playing covers of, pops, of current pop songs. Yeah. There's one that plays well, Tainted Love in a bar. Yeah. Which is great. That, and yeah. that, like, I remember that. And then you go downstairs and you can pick up the guitar and... I think there, people don't remember this game fondly because they remember the gunplay because that's a lot of the game. It's most of the game. It's a shooter. It's most of the yeah. The problem is the bits that matter and that are interesting to, as a player, rather than like a like as it like a, as a game. The shooting is the mechanic, but the thing that you play for is the story and the characters. And I think there's this kind of disconnect between the two at certain times because. Whereas in the original Bioshock, you remember how well those things meshed. Like, you remember, like, walking into a room and being, like, fucking scared shitless. And then panicking and seeing a guy was standing in, like, a flooded chamber and zapping it and frying him. And then turning around and a guy runs at you with a baseball bat and he clubs you. And you kill him. And then you pick up a fucking, you know, a, a audio a tape wrench. off his dead body. And no, yeah. you listen to it. And then someone else rushes at you and you can't even have the tape and you only get killed. And you come out of the next room and someone taunts you over a loudspeaker. Like, you remember the integrations of, the, of that stuff. I think Infinite suffers from the fact that it's full of really impressive and like some of the best written little moments I've ever seen in games. Like the interactions with Elizabeth, the whole game is written so well that you kind of forget that all of those little things happened because they're so well done. They almost become like so part of the world and so superfluous to the shooting and like your mission that you forget that it's happening. Like I think something that Last of Us did well is if you wanted to do that, you had to hit triangle. So like it was less natural, but it meant that you were paying attention. And Infinite kind of suffers from the fact that Elizabeth will just start talking to you, and if you're not paying attention and you kind of zoned out, you maybe won't register that you've had a conversation with her. Right, yeah. So I just, it, it's weird. Like, I don't know how to explain that or articulate that in a way that makes sense, but there is something in that idea of, it's not one big moment in a game. It's not like Dark Souls where you remember killing that one boss that you couldn't do for 35 times or whatever it is, or or like when you finally kill the final boss in, you know, the first Dark Souls, or, or in Halo when you first, like, work out oh like oh my god this, this is the fucking cartographer's room and you realize it's a halo ring like stuff like that you don't forget because it's a big moment this game isn't full of big moments it's full of small moments done incredibly well and i i 
and that's like I think Ken Levine's stamp of like quality. And I, I don't know how like they move from I don't know how he moves from this into something else. Like I don't know what he does next from this. Well, is he doing anything? Um, he well, he disbanded. He disbanded his studio, but <clears throat> yeah. the, the big thinking of that is he wants to do something really fucking weird next. Oh, thank um, God! Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe but it won't have guns in it. Maybe it won't maybe have guns in it because that would be the dream. You get away from guns, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because I think what he realized is what he liked was the story. Like he liked the Elizabeth bit, and like her as a character. Like that's such a genius addition to a Bioshock game. Yeah, like, having a surrogate that has a personality and fears and worries and is actually helpful like that's the other thing is the friction between the game mechanics and the shooting and elizabeth work really well but she'll like toss you stuff she'll like chuck you ammo yeah i wonder like how that works mechanically do you think it, it's just random or is it like when your ammo's low it there's a higher chance you'll get ammo? It, yeah it does it based it does it so it kind of keeps you stocked up and stuff yeah it's sort of right yeah it does run on sort of a trying to keep you afloat kind of system yeah because i think one of the problems with the original bioshock is you would run out of ammo for your favorite gun a lot. Yeah. Like, and like, there wasn't a reason that one gun was better than the other, but you might just like using one more, like the pistol or the shotgun or whatever. The carbine. <laughs> and you keep running out. <laughs> Whereas I feel like Infinite, they wanted you to feel like you were always low on ammo, but that you, but there was always something available to you. Like, she would always have something for you when you needed yeah. it. Yeah. It was pretty, you know, quick and seamless. And, you know, in terms of like the combat, probably the best way they could have handled the fact that elizabeth is following you around mm -hmm. is just like she just hides and chucks you chucks you ammo yeah it's like yeah is, that makes sense. yeah it makes sense and it's it, not like you have to like defend her or anything or like no she has like well, her own so health annoying. bar which would she'd get Ugh. hit by enemies and stuff it's like nah she just she takes care of herself and yeah she, she's kind of just gives you more ammo and she creates the tears that give you more options if you want so you can put in like cover or like a yeah. machine gun turret or something which is like a fun like it just adds it's a like bit a more. whatever yeah like Makes that whole thing is just like yeah whatever yeah. like you kind of yeah. go eh. like, okay, but it fits cool, in with fine. the well building of yeah. what they're doing so i i, I kind of shrug and i go yeah i guess yeah. like you know the chucking out like i find the her chucking ammo is more it interesting it's than so that, seamless in a weird way it's really seamless too because what they do is like they'll tell when when she calls out to you that and you, you have hit to, F, like look to her it, your, your view snaps to her yeah and she'll teleport into a spot that means that she could actually throw it to you she'll teleport yeah so she'll always do it when she's not unless she's in yeah when she's not in your view unless she's like, close enough and there's nothing in her way so it's i don't know it must have taken so much work to get that right yeah it's a weird thing where she will yeah if she's off screen they'll do a lot of hackery to kind of put her behind you behind cover yes but if so that she can chuck it to you yeah. but if she's inside she'll just toss it to you she'll just chuck it but yeah, yeah it's that snap is really interesting because on I paper, could've... it's such a bad idea. But in, it's weird. In practice, it works so well. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, she'll just be... You'll just be, like, cranking around, like, the Columbia, and she'll be like, I found some money. It's just a ping you a quarter. Yeah. And that, like, that animation and, the like, the sound design. Oh, my God. The sound design in this game is incredible. When she pings you that quarter and you catch it, every single time, it's so satisfying. Yeah. I don't know how they did it. Like, I, I know it's because it's, like, that Bioshock style where it's, like, slightly cel-shaded. It made the noise. And it makes the noise, and everything feels right, and all the guns sound right, and the sniper rifle sounds like a wet dream, and the hand cannon, which is a giant revolver, yeah. goes off like it's a fucking thunder stick in your fucking hand, <laughs> and, like, everything sounds great, and the, you know, the, the vigors are whatever, you don't, I don't think they need them in the game. They don't add anything. The, the vigors, yeah, there's so, there's a lot of weird things in this game that are kind of... They're there because the game has Bioshock in the title. Yeah. Um, I feel like the shooting is one of them. Mm -hmm. um the vigors is another big one um because they could have made this a puzzle game where you just have vigors or like there's ways they could have done this game where well, they could have just made it 
yeah, a puzzle game. Or like a stealth kind of... Because there's, there's so many elements. I don't know. But it's... part of it is it needed to sell. You know, we, the... Like, Bioshock Infinite has probably probably one of the worst game covers. Like, box art covers of as all As far time. as, like, translation to representation. Yeah, because it's, 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 it's fucking just terrible. <laughs> Booker holding it's a gun. It's up there with Uncharted and... Yeah, it's, yeah. The, it's the dude, like, holding gun And he's cover. got nothing to do with the point of playing the yeah, game. It's, it's so weird. It's, it's like a... It's a very, um... Just, like, alright, that's... Okay. And, like, that kind of cover works. Well, like, you know, even, even Doom 2016... That cover sucked to the Compared point where to, that game. to the point where the they had the um they had like a remake of the original Doom mm. cover in like the on like the, the sleeve. reverse yeah. sleeve um because that cover is just so much but better. But I just I don't like there's so many options for what you could have put on this cover that would have been incredible. Yeah, and like, I, and like it, it does come down to like that that definitely there was, there was definitely a vision with like. You know, like Elizabeth's story and like Columbia and like exploring this world and doing all this cool world building stuff, and then like, who published this game? U- Ubi? No. Uh, no, this is um, it's is a four K just... game. So who published it? It was. You mean two K? Two K. Yeah, it's a two K so game. Two K. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and then they're obviously just like, well, it's a Bioshock game because that's the only way, you know, Kevin Levine could make a video game yeah. as if it was Bioshock, and then. Because of that, it has to have guns. He's like, okay, I want to have guns. Yeah, yeah it felt like that was like an afterthought. Where they went, fuck. It's like, shit, we actually need to put guns in this yeah. game. And then they went, oh, it's Bioshock. It needs the it needs plasma, so we got to put Vigors in. Like, it very much had that thing of like, yeah, okay. Like, that, some of that stuff feels a bit paint by numbers compared to like how intricate Compa- the story is. Compared to also how it worked in Bioshock, like the first one, mm-hmm. where the the plasmids made a lot of sense in the story you know with the the big daddies yeah and the little sisters yeah all that like stuff the, was like a resource like that- it actually created like and you know it made sense it wasn't just like you can turn your hand into bees hand bees yeah. they were just kind of yeah they were it was weird like that in bioshock infinite it's just like hand bees His have, get your hand bees and it's like Ugh. i guess some of them bioshock. like like even in the like the first bioshock game they were using the plasmids for work. Like, they were doing things with them that were, like, clearly work-related. Like, they were like, oh, we use this plasmid for, like, when we're, like, working in the field, doing this thing, like, farming or whatever. And the, the bee thing is for farming. And so, like, whereas I feel like in Infinite, everyone uses them as weapons. And it, which is fine, because it's Columbia, but it just has this vibe of, yeah. like, it feels like an afterthought. At least in, like... Well, in Some both of the time, in all of them, they run the they run the joke of like the flame one being like you can. It's just like having a lighter in your hand. Um, There's a fucking great <clears throat> moment. In- but I think in Infinite, they actually reword it as like it's like having a flamethrower in your in up your sleeve, and it's well, like he in the first Bioshock, it's it's specifically a yeah, lighter because it's, it's like lighting cigarettes and shit like that. Because it's like a 20s. they do that in the DLC for. Bioshock oh yeah, yeah. I know so that. Cool. Yeah, because that's that, that's it's a whole different. Opening. No, that's a yeah. whole different story. Well, we have to do like a whole episode on that because yeah, that, that's, that's completely different. different. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do. That's a cool idea. It's very like noir yeah. meets but steampunk. But then, but then, like in Infinite, it's like throw fire grenades. A, yeah, you get a lot of the plas- You get a lot of the vigors at that carnival where they're like advertising them. Yeah, you get, like, and they're all them. weapons. They're all just like hit like hit the targets and get a vigor that lets yeah. you hit targets it's not there's not one like take control of this guy and yeah. he'll fight for you like it's specifically 
like combat focus. It, ne- it never feels like they existed in the world beforehand. Yeah. Um, no, and, it, it feels like they're combat upgrades. Which, which doesn't... That some guy has come in and put into the world. I mean, the weapon mechanic is burdened by that as well, where, like, the weapon upgrades suck shit, where it's, like, you go into, like, a vending machine and you give your gun plus 25% damage. The Bioshock 1 upgrades were fucking sick-ass. You were like, uh, strap this, like, jerry-rigged thing to my shotgun and it gives me an extra shot of ammo, but it makes it look fucking weird and ugly. Strap another one on, get an extra melee damage, fuck yeah. Like, it was weird shit that you did to it. And it had an in-world explanation. It wasn't just, plus 25 to the stat. It it was like, no, add another bit to the bottom of the cartridge with, like, duct tape. Like, that stuff was so cool. does this game suck? (sighs) It... It would if the story wasn't so fucking good. Like, I think I honestly yeah. think it would if it wasn't so well written. This is, like, a writer's wet dream. Like, it is... There is stuff in this that I see, and I go, holy fucking shit. How did they execute on this? Because I could... Like, this This is a thing that they would have had to have a few ideas from and then grown it naturally and then spent so long in the scripting process making this work. Yeah. And I'm blown away by how intricately detailed the writing is and... and as an extension the world is and it's just a shame that for whatever reason the the kind of the the window dressing of the game mechanics and stuff like that feels like an afterthought because of that reason and i don't think that's like it's, that's not always a bad thing and it's no one's fault but it is weird when there's not that level of integration that other games that you play have like it's like firewatch has like perfect integration of like game mechanics and narrative and like same with like something like uh like a dark cells uh three and bloodborne do that really well um, where they understand where they should put their story in. Bioshock Infinite feels like they had a really good idea for a story, and then they went, oh, um... And then they ran off and took, like, a weird, how dishonored do we, kind of yeah, game. Yeah, they were like, how do we make this into Bioshock? story onto it, yeah. Yeah, and I, f- you know, to some extent, like, Dishonored 2 has the same problem. Um, and it's just interesting that it's always first-person shooters that tend to have that issue, because I think... Or first-person, like, action games, I guess. Because yeah. this, this, is, this is explicitly a shooter, but it has that vibe. Where it could be dishonored, especially even art style, they're very similar. Yeah, um, it's just curious that, like, I would love to see what Ken Levine does next. But I think that if you were kind of miffed on Infinite the first time, I kind of recommend playing it just on easy and like forgetting the combat, just to experience the story, like get totally immersed in it because that are, it is so clever and intro- like the the subtle shit they've put in. Yeah, blows my mind. And I was expecting to go in and hate it again and be like, this is so average. I'm so bored. But I like, there's stuff where you go into a room that like when you go through a tear and you come back to a different room and it's like three things have changed, but it tells a totally different story. Yeah. And the attention to detail with stuff like that is just sensational. And they put in stuff you don't need, like the barge and the way, you know, you go into a basement and you play a song with Elizabeth and, you know, the gramophones and all this stuff like you don't need to put in. But they they go to the effort to make it feel like it's a world that's always existed, um, even though sometimes the gameplay in it doesn't feel like it belongs that sucks <laughs> but it's our time of the week got any recommendations i do now that i've ranted for half an hour i do i do have recommendations thank you for ranting for half an hour you're welcome um so i i've just sort of caught up to date with this youtube channel called winter garden so there's this guy he's like swedish mm-hmm. and like a few years ago he made a like a marble machine that would play music mm-hmm. so like a big like marble track and it would like drop marbles onto like different instruments and play music um and so like he he made it for like a uni project or something and like it was like super jank and like it literally played one song before <laughs> just falling apart because yeah. it was just plywood and like all hand on um and he 
put the video up of it and got like like 15 bajillion views or some shit mm-hmm. so he was like he was like well i want to do it again i want to take it on tour but i gotta i i have to remake it because the original just doesn't work anymore so he's got this series of videos where he's been remaking it's called the marble machine x and like so he's a musician and he's like he's it's just him getting into the world of like like engineering <laughs> That's and like incredible. project management yeah. and like building actually like building things properly instead of just because like in his first one he would just like be like just yeah this looks together. right and just make shit like make it up as he went and now he's like learning like doing CAD drawings and like getting like he has like a CNC machine he has like a team oh, he does a proto so cool. manager so there's like this 40 something episodes up now they're like 10 minutes each and like dude that's awesome it's a good binge because he's and like it's still going on like he, he hasn't finished yet but he wants to do like a world tour once it's done that's awesome and it's like I've Laura's been watching them and she was like you gotta watch them I was like alright because I had a vague interest in them and they are they're very interesting because huh. it's it's this guy who knows nothing about just learning as he goes engineering just kind of and not and like the first one was he built it as he went he just sort of went like yeah this will work and like it worked once but now it's like a weird where it'll be like okay we got we got to actually make prototypes and we actually have to like test things and we have to actually be like a company. yeah yeah and like sort of learn and plan and huh. it's that sounds like it would tickle the engineering like software development Oh, it's it's, it's very funny because he he'll explain a lot of like pure mathematical like concepts like rev- like revolutions per minute and like like you know like timings and things like that mm-hmm. in like musical ways oh that's cool where instead of being like 30 rpm he'll be like it runs at like 120 bpm because it runs oh, at cool. 30 revolutions per minute yeah. and we do it in quarters so that's 120 bpm that's really and it's like i guess it's 120 bpm it's not it's 30 rpm but like that's i guess you cool. can't explain it was 120 bpm huh yeah that's pretty neat so yeah and plus he's just kind of funny um so that's uh, what i've been doing no that's <laughs> winter good. garden yes yeah, i've been fun. watching um nick nick robinson does a, a live stream once a week oh god where he plays a game and uh he played halo 5 this week and it changed my mind about that game so i am well into his streams again <laughs> his videos pop up right now every now and then i watch them they're just so fucking dumb it's, it's just so insane if you haven't checked out his channel you have to <laughs> did he recently put up a video about like the angriest message on xbox live yeah he just fucking got some he just guy. trolled some kid but on it it was like seven years ago though yeah he just had that footage on his hard drive I was gonna say he was playing like Halo yeah. Three, no, was, and I was like, "This is an old video." It was because when his apartment burned down, like he um, got all his old hard drives and like plugged them into a new right, computer, right, right, and he was yeah. like, "What's on here?" And he just, just found like thing. a video of him trolling yeah. some seven-year-old. It's great, twelve-year-old. Yeah, um, yeah, I highly recommend uh, his life. <laughs> he played Hitman, uh, the sniper weird game thing the other Hitman week, sniper? and it was so fucking funny. Is that the that's the mobile game, isn't it? No, no, no. It's it's like a it's the pre. Hitman season two thing. Okay, because there's, there's like a mobile game called Hitman no, Sniper, not, which is legitimately really a yeah. thing. Okay, um, <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much all I've been watching because I've been working pretty hard. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's it. So it's that time of the week where can people find us? Facebook, DCM Works Social, to, to YouTube, youtubecom slash DCM Works, Twitter at DCM underscore Works. 
Patreon. <laughs> Patreon.com slash DCMworks. I posted a uh, an update for August about a week ago to Patreon. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Um, it's like the end of August. I said about a week ago. <laughs> that um, was like the middle of August. Uh, well, I was, I'm trying to do them like mid. Welcome to the mid-August update. Trying to do them like mid each right, month. Right, okay. So it's on plan. purpose. Right, okay. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't want to do it at the start of the month because I don't know what the plans are going to look like. So okay. I was trying to do them like mid-month. Um, so if you're a Patreon, you can check that out now. Uh, our lowest tier is $3 a month. Just helps us do all the stuff we do, and you get access to over 50 episodes of backlog content, stuff like weird audiobooks, a sneak peek at my book, uh, all kinds of good stuff. Lots of books. And yeah, it's it's only $3 a month, helps us out, and you get all kinds of content, so it's a good way to help support the show. And we've got a little community there um, that we're starting to put together, Patrick Laverne, Yub Kumans, um, th- those, those guys are out there giving us some awesome feedback, and it's, it's really fun. Uh, you can listen to our Road to Infinity War, oh. which Patrick just finished re-listening to the whole thing, where each week... Uh, myself, Ben, and Laura watched uh, every single Marvel every film in a row Marvel Cinematic in the lead up to Infinity film. War, and it's uh, and it was rough. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's the idea started as a joke, and then we just and then we did just it, did it, and, and then yeah. kind of regret it. So look forward to that. And he's also suggested that we do uh, uh, a similar thing with the Sam Raimi Spider-Man film. So we might do oh, that absolutely soon. watch the, love watch all three films. in a row, and then see how we fare. I love those films. Um, so we might look at those soon. Otherwise, uh, you can get at us at all the social places. Um, the best way you can help the show is just tell one person you know you think might like it. That's the easiest way to help. It literally double our audience. Yeah, like that's how that works. If everyone did that, we'd literally double our audience. Like anyone you know, you. I was man. just saying, there's only one person who listens to our show. Well, that would work no matter how many people there are. If you think about it. If no, but I was just person. saying, just just one extra. Oh, the person one guy. Doubles, yeah. If you're listening to this, fucking do it. What are yeah. you doing? What are you like, doing right now? What are you doing right now? Probably watching this. Link it to someone before you finish. Uh, so yeah, check us out on the socials. But if you want to follow us individually, I'm at DCM I Hate Pie. I'm at Literal Citrus. And we will see you guys next week. It was probably a song that reminded me of it. Or I'd done an Arnold's What's a Nigga voice. Writing is definitely an isolating thing. From an yeah. outside perspective, that's weird as It makes fun. us look really um, mental. But that is because of what it kind of said about art. Did I? That had fun in bits. There were fun bits. We, went and, we went and bought a value pack of straps. Oh my god, from. we did. There is a big lesson here to learn about storytelling. Hey, we did it, David. Congratulations. Yeah, show? Yep. Is that nepotism? Is that, what, no, it's not nepotism, David. Sure? <laughs> Are we doing anything else?